0: Best information you don't have to worry about any flaws or any defects in your in what the Holy Spirit gives you, He's gonna give you the best information. But one lesson you will learn about the Holy Spirit, He will not make the decision for you. You have to make the decision to do right or follow the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit, or you make the decision not to.
1: The Holy Spirit will not make you do anything. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. A mindset of boldness
0: and not fear. Let's give our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ a hand of praise for the topic this morning. Thank you for the topic, God. Our mind is the part of us that allows us to be aware or have knowledge of the world around us. Mind is synonymous with our consciousness. It is my mind that gives me the ability to make decisions, reach a conclusion after consideration, and process information. See, when I make decisions, I am processing, I'm reaching a conclusion after consideration And then I have a course of action that is associated with that decision. So you can have many different options before you, but the one that you make the decision to do is the course of action that is being taken when you make that decision. We can tell a lot about a person's mindset or mental attitude based on his or her decisions and choices. It is essential I have a positive optimistic, and courageous mental attitude when dealing with people and dealing with life. Because many times the decision that we make can largely have an effect, it can make an impact as well, consider the consequences of those around us. My decisions affect those that are around me. And decisions are made every day. Nobody goes a whole day without making some type of decisions. The result of my decisions are largely largely based on the type of information that I've allowed to enter my mind, not only enter my mind, but reside there. In other words, the decisions I can make is based on the information that I have stored in my mind, whether it's good information or bad information. One question I have to ask myself, do I have valid information? Is the information true? Am I processing the information through the lens of God's word or my lenses? Is, it, is my decision based on the mind of Christ or my feelings, emotions, or past experiences? See, our decision-making is powerful in that it can change and alter our purpose and destiny either to remain in the will of God... Or move us out of the will of God. See, you can make a decision to get, and with that decision, you will be in the will of God. Or you can make a decision that would take you out of the will of God. And when you make a decision that takes you out of the will of God, then you need to repent so in turn you can get back in the will of God. Understanding the importance of how my mindset impacts my decision making, I believe it's essential to have a mind that is clear and focused. When I say I want my mind to be clear, I'm saying I want it to be understandable, I want it to be transparent, as well as focused. I want to give a great deal of attention towards a particular thing. See, when you make decisions, it is important that you are clear and you're focused in on your decisions. And I found out the more important the decision that you make, the clearer that your mind needs to be before you make that decision. I need to make a daily decision to be Christ-minded according to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. So let's go to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. The Bible reads as follows. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to allow and permit his mind to be in me, which was also in Christ Jesus. And when I do that, my choices should be more evident that I am sensitive to the Holy Spirit and not allowing other influences to stop me or hinder my decision making. I need to be sensitive. I need to be quick to detect and respond to the slight changes, signals, or influences of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit promises to lead and to guide us into all truth. Not some truth, but to all truth. Therefore, we have promises like in John 16 and verse 13. Let's turn to John 16 and verse 13, or if it's on your sheet, you can go ahead and look at it there. But John 16 and verse 13, again, we're making decisions and we need our mind to be clear, we need to be focused, and we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because we want the best decisions possible. We want decisions that we know they're going to be life-changing. We know they're going to be impactful, but we want godly decisions in our lives. And it doesn't just start when we get saved. Excuse me. Excuse me. It doesn't just start when we are old, but we need to start now in making godly decisions. So now we see here in John 16 and 13, the Bible says this. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. I want you to notice that however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you. He will lead you. He will influence you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. See, one lesson you will learn about the Holy Spirit, he's going to give you the best information in order to make your decision. He's going to give you the best information. You don't have to worry about any flaws or any defects in your, in what the Holy Spirit gives you. He's going to give you the best information. But one lesson you will learn about the Holy Spirit, He will not make the decision for you. You have to make the decision to do right or follow the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit or you make the decision not to. The Holy Spirit will not make you do anything you have to make up in your mind I'm going to follow the leading I'm going to follow the guiding I'm going to follow the influence of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit ain't gonna make you do anything so just get that out your head he gonna make me do right no he ain't gonna make you do right but he will give you the best information so you can make the best decision I should expect more decisions based on God's written and revealed word rather than my opinion when I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to be my lead and my God. I should plan to make choices that reflect the nature of Jesus Christ rather than my old nature. In other words, you should see a pattern of your decision making getting Better. It may not be perfect, but it's getting better. You ought to have a decision. I made up in my mind I'm going to follow Jesus all the days of my life. I made up in my mind I'm going to pray without ceasing. I made up in my mind I'm going to study to show thyself approved unto God. I made up my mind I'm going to give because He tells me to give. I made up my mind I'm going to follow Jesus. I made up in my mind I'm going to follow the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords, I should now, when doing that, I I should expect the Holy Spirit to warn me of distractions, derailment, and and things and people who try to deceive me along the way. See, I should expect the Holy Spirit to warn me of distractions, derailments. Derailments are things that would try to get me off track. And things and people who try to deceive me or cause me to believe false information or trickery. Let me say this to you. You can be saved, but the enemy will still try to deceive you and still try to trick you. One lesson I learned when Jesus went and was tempted by the enemy. Listen, if Jesus got tempted, I know that many of us in this sanctuary are going to have to fight the enemy. And we're going to have to make up in our mind, we're going to do what God has instructed for us to do. Now, daily, I should expect to be spiritually and naturally ready to deal with distractions, derailment, and deceptions. Why? Why should I be ready? Because if I'm not ready to deal with them, they will deal with me. And before I know it, distractions, derailment, and deception would try to take the lead rather than the Holy Spirit having the influence to lead and guide me along the way. I must possess boldness and not fear. I must possess boldness, which is confidence and courage to speak openly and frankly and not fear. We need boldness to carry out the will of God in our lives. We need boldness. We need to be able to have confidence and courage, not just to do anything, but to carry out the will of God. Not my will, but your will be done. One lesson I've learned is that people are bold with what they want to do, but we want to be bold carrying out the will of God carrying out the will of God. And as a forward-minded church, we must know that when we make decisions, we may deal with emotions that would try to bombard our mind with negative thoughts and emotions. People will say and do things to try and cause us to lose confidence in Jesus and in his word. Forward-minded people understand that it takes boldness to look ahead, especially when the current situation is not looking that great. We need proactive people that look ahead, people that say, I'm going to give because God told me to give. Yeah, I know it looks like my finances are a little short, but I'm going to be like the Bible people did, and I I may have a little, but I give that little and let God turn it into a lot. God is able to do all things save fail. Boldness is necessary. Again, boldness is there for us to carry out the will of God. Not to just be bold and just do anything, but bold is to, boldness is to carry out the will of God. And my boldness must be based on my confidence in our God. See, boldness says I have a willingness to obey God's word and I need, and boldness to carry it out the way that he wants it done. Boldness says I'm trusting in God's power, God's authority, God's ability, God's love, God's strength. I'm trusting that God is a healer, God is a deliverer, God is a way maker. I'm trusting and saying, hey, if he can't do it, it can't be done. I'm trusting his ability. I'm trusting, saying, if, if, if God says to do it this way, I'm going to do it this way. Even though it may not look like a, a, a pathway is made, I believe God can make a pathway out of no way. Because he did it once, he'll do it again. See, God demonstrates his love in us in his thoughts and his actions toward us that allows us to speak about him in confidence in Boldness. See, that covenant says, I believe, and I really rely, and I trust Jesus. I trust Jesus because he did it once, he'll do it again. God is able to do all things save, fail. And confidence in God and faith in God go together. And again, it's based on the information I have received in my mind. See, if I don't have the proper information in my mind, I don't have the proper confidence and the proper boldness. But thanks be to God, I can do something about it. I can continue to study to show thyself approved unto God. I continue to meditate on his word day and night. I can continue to come and hear the word of God. I can t- continue to hear the podcast. I can continue to have the right information being uh, being coming into my mind so in turn I can make better decisions and that one of the better decisions I will make is to have confidence in Jesus God loves us with our conditions you know one thing we can say about God and you and God has proved this time and time again that God loves us I mean he loves us despite us. He loves us. I mean you know God loved us while we were yet sinners. C- Christ loved us and he still loves us today. The gospel of John captures a lot of truth, excuse me. The gospel of John captures a lot of truth regarding God's love for us. See, God loves us without conditions. He teaches us how to love others without conditions as well. His love is not based on our actions, but God's love is based on his actions. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit and the wisdom of God to, to love based on his actions rather than the actions of others. See, so you got to know more about God than you do about the actions of others. See, people can do you wrong, but still you got to love God despite people you doing you wrong. Mm-mm. It's a process, though. That requires constant knowledge and understanding of his written and revealed word. See, when you look at life and life treats you bad, you got to know a God that loves me despite how life treats me. Life can treat you good, but you still got to love God more than you love the life. The Bible says this, he came to give us life and life more abundantly. I love it because he gave it to me. I love it because his word is coming to pass in our lives. And that process requires for me to place confidence in in his word. It takes confidence in the word of God to step out in boldness. If you don't mind, turn your Bibles to the book of John chapter 15 and verse 13. The book of John 15 and verse 13. And the Bible says this. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. I tell you, that is an example of love, greater love. Listen, intense and greater degree of love has no one than this, than to lay down or put down or lay aside one's life for his friends. In my opinion, we can't comprehend the degree of love that God has for us that he put down his life for us. There is no greater love than the one who lays aside his life for us. And not only that, it's the way he laid it down. It is the way that he did it. He took the cat and tails. He went all the way up to the cross of Golgotha, carrying his cross part of the way. He was beat, and I'm telling you, he was beat, and the Bible talks about he was beat, that his, his face was almost unrecognizable because he was beat. It's not the way—see, you can look at it, and you might— Have some hero moments for your people that you love, but the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is to me the most unselfish. I've ever heard of and seen in my life. Somebody who messed up and Christ died for you. Listen, I ain't talking about your family. You love your family. You love uh, most of your family anyway. You love all your family. You love the ones that are around you. There's certain people you would probably die for. But can you imagine some people you see on the news that do all types of heinous and hateful things and Christ would die for them? Christ Died for them. I know like, he paid the price. Can you imagine the life of Paul? Paul was going around persecuting the church and Christ died for him. And then he wrote two thirds of the New Testament. It's the way that Jesus died that really, I tell you, this resonates with me. See, anybody can just listen, go through a, a few things, but can you imagine him beat 40 times with a cat in tails because of what? You did nothing. You were actually innocent. And you could stop it anytime you wanted to. It's the way he laid down his life. He laid it down for people like us. That's love right there. Greater love than this, that a man laid down one's life for his friends. You know, Jesus told him at one point while he was on the earth, he said, listen, if I don't, if I don't, lay down my life for you or give you my life. You can't take it. So Jesus had to make a conscious decision to lay down his life for mankind. That to me is love. That to me is love. That's why we see scriptures like John 3 and 16. Let's go over to John chapter 3 and verse 16. I think about the way Jesus laid his life down for us. John 3, 16. The Bible reads as follows, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved, he was fond of what? The world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes or plays confidence and trust in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We see an example of a God that loves people. He loves people. I believe that John 3, 6... Is 316 is a great example of loving without conditions. Notice that God so loved the world. The world represents the human family and that he gave and everybody is included in the human family and in the world, the human family, there are people who are alienated or isolated from God. People with ungodly attitudes and ungodly mindsets, but he still loves us, loves us enough to make the first move, to make the first move. What do you mean by the first move? You know, when I saw Lady Dobbs, I remember years ago, praise the God, and I saw over there looking cute, boy, I had to make the first move, brother. I had to make the first move. And so I saw over there, and I made the first move. Let me say this to you. God made the first move for you. He saw you, and 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 you know what what gets me about it? See, I was attracted to her because of her beauty, and she's still beautiful today. When he saw us, when he saw us, oh my God, can you imagine what he saw? let, Let me say this, you know what you looked like when he saw you? You know what you looked like when he saw you. You know what was going on in your life when he saw you. You know what he was going on in your mind when he saw you. But he still loved you. He still loved me. I said, because you know what? If I'd have saw me, I might have said, mm, I'm going to leave that one alone right there. That one got a lot of baggage in, 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 the, in the, a lot of baggage. That one got a lot of stuff going on in their mind. They're a little bit off. They're, they're, I, like, wouldn't nobody want to mess with them. Oh, but God saw me, and, and he took me the way I was. He took me the way I was. He, and listen, that is love right there. Because he knew everything about me. He still loved me. And Jesus knows everything about us, and he still made the first move. He made the first move. John 3:16 and John 15 and 13 is God making the first move. The first move. Why? He's showing his love. He's showing his love. I can walk in boldness and confidence that God has already made the first move. And if I believe in him, he promises, I will not perish. Perish has to do with being useless. Ruined and destroyed. God has made the first move. But when I, after he made the first move, I had to make the next move. See, I, I, I could have showed this woman here all the attention in the world. I could have got her the finest clothes, wine, and everything else when I was unsaved. But you know what? She still had to respond to me. She had to respond to me. Because, see, I don't care how good your rap game is, if they blow you off, it's over with. God showed us unconditional love. Unconditional love. Now, it's up to us to respond back. It's up to us to respond back. Turn your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 10. Verse 9 and 10. The book of Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. See, the Lord's already, Jesus made the first move. He made it back at the cross at Calvary. He did it for people like us who needed a Savior. I needed a Savior. Now it's up to me to make the next move. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 tells me what the next move is. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, and verse 10. I'm going to read it to you. And we'll go back and, and talk about it a little bit. Notice what it says in Romans chapter 10, starting at verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That if you confess, declare openly and freely with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe, have confidence and trust in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. To declare means I'm going to speak clearly and boldly. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. As a Christ-minded believer, In a forward-minded church, I need to declare Jesus boldly and believe that he is all-powerful, all-knowing, and can do anything except fail. One lesson I learned through this process is that you got introduced to Jesus, but you got to get to know Jesus. How do I know he's not going to fail? How do I know he is everything he said he was? How do I know he's all powerful? I need the right information. I need to study to show thyself approved. I need to hear preaching from the word of God. I need to meditate on his word day and night. So I need the right information in order for me to know what I know about Jesus. And the more you spend time with Jesus, the better information you have. And sometimes you need the right information to dispel some of the old information that, is, that has, you may have learned over the years. You may have learned some, old, some wrong information over the years. I must, I must have full confidence that Jesus conquered death and the grave and that he rose with all power in his hands. He has all the authority. But how do I know that? I know it because I'm studying the scriptures. I know it because I have a man, a woman of God, feeding me knowledge and understanding. I know it. See, so when, you, we get to, when we first get to know one another in the sanctuary, we get to know the service. And then as we spend more time with one another, we get to have a deeper knowing of one another. Well, let me say this to you. When, when you get to know God, there's many different layers of God. I mean, you, you be, you'll spend the rest of your life getting to know Jesus. And the more you know about him, I like how David put it, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And the more you know about God, the more confidence you have, the more boldness you have, the more love you have. And the more you want to say, hey, you don't even even start getting, you don't even sweat no more because, wow, you know God got this under control. You know, God, all things are working together for my good because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. You know that Jesus loves me beyond myself. You know God. God he'll make sure every need is met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And the Bible promises when I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, I will be saved. See, salvation is threefold. Deliverance, protection, and prosperity again deliverance protection and prosperity let's go into romans chapter 10 and verse 10 for with the heart the heart represents the mind the will and the emotions one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation deliverance protection and prosperity in this love relationship with jesus he has already made the first move. And when we get saved, we make the next move. And in my relationship with Jesus, I must know that he loves me without conditions. I must know that he loves me better than I love myself. He also needs to know I love him based on my thinking, my talking, and my decision-making. See, the Lord gives us indicators in his word to help us measure how much we love him. Indicator number one, John chapter 14, verse 15. Let's go there. John chapter 14 and verse 15. How how does God know that I love him? Now, let me see. God knows everything. So, how does God let me know that I love him? That's probably a better way of putting it. John 14 and 15 reads as follows. If you love me... Keep my commandments. If you love me, keep or hold fast and guard, what? My commandments. My order, most importantly, definition, my word. If you love me, keep my commandments. Indicated number two. Let's go to John 21, 15 through 17. John 21, 15 through 17. Notice what the Bible says in John 21, 15 through 17. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again, again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. 17, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. I agree. <laughs> Lord knows everything. So, so when God asks you questions, he already knows the answers. Y'all know that, right? He, he's trying to get us to come to it, be enlightened about certain situations and circumstances. He goes on to say, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. So when they're eating breakfast, again, go back to John 21 and 15. Let's go back to John 21 and 15. So when they're eating breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. Guard or instruct my lambs. When you get instructions, when you get teaching, that's an indication that God loves you. That's God making the first move. Our responsibility is to obey what's been taught. Our responsibility is to obey what has been taught. Let's go into verse 16. Verse 16. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, ten, my sheep. Seventeen, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things, and you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. The more I come to God's church, with a mindset that is ready and eager to learn about Jesus and his word, I will grow in my love relationship with him. I will grow. I will mature. And it's important that we mature in our love walk with God. I, I learn how much he really loves me. I also learn how to show love to him. One lesson we learn when walking with Christ is that we have to learn how to love him. And also, we need to learn how he loves us. See, one thing about God, God has already got it down. Well, we have to learn how. God, how do I show love to you? How do I? See, there's certain things I had to do, and I'm still learning. There's certain things I had to learn how to love my wife. Because what I loved 10 years ago is different today than it was 10 years ago. Because different needs come up and so forth. We have to know God in in a way that when our life changes and our life's going to go through many different changes, you got to learn that God loves you through every change of your life. Every change of your life, he loves you. I mean, you change jobs, he still loves you. You change uh, homes, Jesus still loves you. You change cars, he loves you. So every change in your life, God loves you through that change. And you need to know that. You don't need to think that, hey, I did this, and he don't love me no more. No, God loves you. He loves you unconditionally. He loves me unconditionally. And I, I also, I have to learn how to show him love, just like we talked about in John 14 and 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Our love for each other helps me to stand in boldness and confidence. I have to ask God to give me power, strength, and ability to desire to be in his church and be ready to praise him, worship him, give to him, and learn from his word. These are traits I can use to show him that I love him. I can praise him to show him I love him. I can give him glory to show him I love him. I can give to show I love him. I can witness. In other words, I'm keeping his commandments. I'm keeping his commandments. A forward-minded church will constantly remind me that God is with me. He will not neglect nor abandon me regardless of, of what I'm facing. The Hebrew writer reminds me of this particular promise. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Hebrews 13 and verse 5. Let your conduct be without covenants. Be content with such things as you, as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So Jesus says this, I will never leave you nor forsake you, abandon you, or desert you. Jesus makes a promise that he will never leave us, and because my mind is sensitive to the Holy Spirit, I believe the Lord will keep his word. Remember how important it is that we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Our mind is focused. Our mind is clear. God will never leave me nor forsake me. I must commit my life to Jesus to the point that I can boldly declare that leaving Jesus is not an option. And if the enemy will try to distract me, try to bring out trickery, then I'll leave Jesus because the enemy will trick me to leave Jesus. Remember we talked about manipulation a little bit earlier? Listen, you can be manipulated to leave Jesus. But, but remember what His word says. i never leave you nor forsake you. So we can't fall for the tricks of the enemy. We have to stand on what God has and is saying. I need the Holy Spirit to be my influence. I need him to be my God. Remember, he's going to lead and guide us into all truth. He won't make you do it, but he will lead and guide you to and give you the best, the best information you have to make the best decisions. I need the Holy Spirit to be my influencer. I need the spirit of truth leading God to me in the all truth. People can encourage me. People can remind me. People can pray for me. But I need to make the decision to allow Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior as well as my God in life. See in life, decisions will have to be made. We talked about this earlier. Decisions are made every day. Some decisions are more ooh, life-changing than some others. Do I keep this relationship or move on concerning what I uh, move on from that relationship? Do I purchase this car or this home? Will I change jobs or careers at this point in my life? What steps do I take spiritually to grow and mature so I can fulfill my purpose? Again, the Holy Spirit will give you all, every detail of every bit of information you need in order to make the right decision. But he will not make the decision for you. You've got to make the decision. What did did Jesus say? Choose you this day. Back at Joshua said, hey, choose you this day whom you will serve. I I put a choice before you. The God of the Amorites, or you're going to choose to be with God? And then Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua made a decision as for him and his house. Will we make a decision for us and our house as well? Will the Dobbs say, hey, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? Whatever decision you're going to make, are you going to make the decision that we will serve the Lord? We will do what God has instructed us to do? And see, each decision that I make, there's an opportunity for doubt, uncertainty, uncertainty, and fear to come and torment my mind. I'm telling you, every time i don't know if you ever made a decision, but some decisions, they're going to torment your mind for a minute if you ain't careful. They're going to mess with you, boy. I mean, whoo— Some decision will have you up at night, in the middle of the night, thinking about something, trying to make a decision. See, when God speaks, I need to make a decision to stand on his word. But fear has a way of showing up and saying, hey, this ain't going to work. I know it worked for everybody else, but it ain't going to work for you. That's what fear would do to you. Hey, it it worked for person A, person B. You saw it work in the Bible, but it ain't going to work for you. Or one of, one of his favorite tactics, if it was, was going to work, it would have worked by now. You need to go try something else. Y'all remember Abraham and, and Sarah and all them. You need to go try something what else? And they did some stuff, and then they got in a whole different mess there. But anyway, God speaks to me to move forward in confidence. Fear will remind me of my past failures and mistakes. You ain't lived long enough till the enemy has reminded you of every failure and mistake you ever made. You know how the enemy does. He keeps a good catalog of your failures and your mistakes, and he knows how to bring them up at the right time, too. He got it like a computer program. He'll bring up every failure, every mistake you ever made, everything you did wrong. He'll bring it up, but God loves us enough. Say, I know you messed up. That's why I told you to go forward. Y'all never had God tell you to go forward despite... Let me tell you something. God knows every mistake you made. You, you can't surprise God. You can't tell God, you know, I didn't do this and I did that. God knows you. But still, he tells you to continue to move forward. He speaks, trust me. Fear says, trust the doctor, trust your instinct, trust your friends, trust your family. That's what the enemy will tell you. But that's, therefore, it takes boldness to stay in faith when fear tries to torment our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's why we have scriptures like First John chapter four verse eighteen. First John chapter four verse eighteen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. Notice the enemy is going to bring torment, correction, and punishment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. You know, one thing I've learned and studying the this scripture, and one thing I had to keep in mind, when the enemy torments you, he's going to try to torment your mind. He's going to try to torment your mind. I'm telling you, you, you'll mess up a good meal by being tormented in the mind. You can't halt. Listen, you can be distracted right down the road. I'll miss it. You went from point A to point B and can't remember a stop sign, a traffic light, or anything because you're tormented in your mind. You could be at work going through the motions. Why? Because the enemy is tormenting your mind. You could be at home, quote, unquote, doing this, that, and the other. But the enemy will torment your mind. He'll torment your mind. He'll torment your mind. mind. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. I have to take this scripture meditate on it. I have to ponder in my mind throughout the day. I I need to commit it to memory. See, when fear creeps up, I need to speak boldly and with confidence. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts not fear because fear involves torment, correction, punishment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love love. Certain types of fear can cause us not to trust Jesus, who is all-knowing and all-powerful. Certain fears can bring anxiety, worry, low self-esteem, and low self-worth. People would not think, they'll think less of them because they they think that God ain't going to do what he said he said he's going to do in his word. God said he's going to supply the need and and it's 11.59 and 28 seconds, and you got to have it at midnight, and it seemed like God has not did what he said he's going to do. But you got to understand something. God meeting the need and him meeting the need is on his timing. God meeting needs is on his timing. If he said, I'm going to meet the need, he's going to meet the need. You may have a deadline, but your deadline and God's deadline is sometimes way out the way. They're two different things, two different things. See, certain fears, and then you'll be operating in anxiety, worry, low self esteem, and low self worth. That's why I'm going to be bold when speaking to fear because fear can be bold when speaking to us. I'm telling you, fear will tell you you ain't going to get well. Fear will tell you you will never get this, that, and the other. Phil will tell you you'll never get out of this mess you in right here. Phil will tell you it'll be bold. It'll stand up and holler like I'm hollering this microphone to you. He will tell you you're not gonna have this, that, and the other. He'll tell you you'll never go on vacation again. You will never have a car. You'll never have a house. You will never have a relationship. You will never have what, this, that, and whatever it is, he'll torment you with your in your and what's, what's sad about it, you can be in the middle of a crowd and nobody can hear the torment going on in your mind itself you. You're in the middle of a crowd. I mean, you're in the middle of a crowd of folks, all types of people around you. You can be around watching TV with five people in the room with you. Nobody can hear the torment that's going on in your mind. Nobody can hear it. We can be sitting at the ball game together. I'm watching the ball game, but you're being tormented in your mind. We could be at the movies together. I'm being tormented in my mind. And and on that big, big old screen of that Superman with the surround sound and everything, I can't hear him because my mind being tormented. Torment is real to the person being tormented. It's real. It is real. It is real. To the point that fear can persuade us to believe it more than we believe what is true under any circumstances when it comes to God's word. So we have to mature in our love relationship with Jesus. Because the more we perfect our relationship and operate in his unconditional love, we gain confidence and boldness that he is going to perform his word in our lives. See, fear tries to bring information in your mind that is contrary to the word of God. He's going to try to bring information in your mind that is contrary to the Word of God. Therefore, to counteract it, you need the Word of God. You need the revelation that comes from Jesus. We need, amen, the written and revealed Word to be a part of our life. Remind ourselves what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1. In verse 7, for God has not given me a spirit of fear. Mm-mm. Fear didn't come from God. Fear did not come from God. Being coward and being timid did not come from God. Oh, yeah, you got to declare that just as loud as the enemy declare. in your life. You got to declare it even louder for the enemy's sake. We need to be the first part. Of, we need to get the first part of this scripture in our mouth and declare it over and over until we're persuaded that when fear comes up, this verse is true, that God has not given us a spirit of fear. What did God give us? Three weapons to fight against. The enemy, power, love, and a sound mind. Now, you know, that's what God gave you. If you want to know what God gave you, he gave you power, he gave you love, and he gave us a sound mind. Say that with me. Power, power. Love, love, sound mind. Power. Now, power is God's strength and ability. Strength, might, and ability empowers us to overcome fear and move forward in the will of God. I need his strength and power to overcome fear. Love, unconditional love, goodwill, God's unconditional, unlimited love helps us, helps us to love ourselves and to love others. A sound mind, self-control, moderate, the avoidance of excess or extremes. A sound mind is a mind that is in control, a disciplined mind, a mind that helps us to avoid situations and people that will try to shake our confidence in God and in his word. A sound mind will stop fear because it tries to get a foothold in our thoughts, our mindsets, and our beliefs. Certain fears will come against us at church. It'll come against us at home. It'll come against us at work. It'll come against us riding down the road. But God says, I can overcome the fear that is, that will try to come against you. And he can definitely help you to overcome every obstacle that tries to come up in your life through the avenue of fear. Now, let's go to 1 John 4, 17. And let me close out with these scriptures here. 1 John 4, 17. 1 John 4, 17. And the Bible says, again, love has been perfected among us in this. Love has been perfected. Notice, it's going to perfect. It's going to be complete, and it's going to accomplish and come to an end among us in this. That we may have boldness. Free and fearless confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in the world. He begins this verse with love. He's letting us know, hey, there's power in love. Jesus made the first move. It's up to us to make the next move. His, his love comes with boldness. We trust in Jesus. We trust in his word. We trust in his character. We trust in his promises. And let me say this, if you have not got there yet, just keep getting the right information. Just keep getting the right word. Just keep getting studying to show thyself approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly divine, the word of truth. Keep meditating on His word day and night. Keep doing that until you get the boldness and the confidence that you need in order to walk in that boldness. Keep getting, because I understand not everybody gonna be there overnight. It takes time to get boldness and get it so when you walk into a mall, you walk into your job, you walk into school, hey, you're walking in God's boldness. you walking in God's authority and his power. You're not doing it being arrogant, but you're humble with it. You're doing it the way God tells you to do it. And then in verse 18, there is no fear in love, no dread, no terror in love. Love is goodwill. You're gonna pursue his best interest in, has his best interest as in mine. But perfect love casts out fear. Woo! My mature, as I mature in his love, it takes fear out the picture. It takes fear, it casts it out. It lets the thing go without care where it goes. It just kicked fear out. Good God Almighty. Woo! Thank you for kick kicking fear out of our lives. Thank you for kicking fear out of our lives. Ooh, I appreciate that. I appreciate doing that. And the more I mature in the word of God and the ways of God, I will operate in the boldness that God will have for me. So in turn, I have a mindset of boldness and not fear. A mindset of boldness.
1: We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at OCCVR.org. That's OCCVR.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at OCCVR.org click on the give button to give online or you can utilize text to give text give to the number 7706922225. That's 7706922225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at OCCVR.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.